Hey, hey, welcome to the Ritz Report. It is Thursday, February 10th, 2022. And thank you folks for joining me on today's podcast. What are we talking about today? We're talking inflation. We're talking crack pipes. (laughs) How do you like that for a lead in crack pipes? We are talking about the Canadian truckers. We're talking about why Trudeau is doing what he's doing and how he's doing it. We're talking about New York State and their vax mandates. All of this on today's show and more if we get to all of it. Welcome, welcome, welcome. Let's start off the show today with a little bit of sound, shall we? Just a little bit of sound that is a little bit of proof early out of the gate that shows you that the gaslighting that we are going to experience with the CDC and with Fauci and with Biden and with the rest of these utter imbeciles that are supposed to be in charge, the gaslighting that we are going to experience is going to be epic. Take a listen. Caitlin, um, we've always said that these decisions are going to have to be made at the local level um, and that policies at the local level will look at local cases, they'll look at how local hospitals are doing, they'll look at local vaccination rates. Um, And they, um, as I understand it, in many of these decisions are using a phased approach. Not all of these decisions are being made to stop things tomorrow. There you have CDC Director Rochelle Deer in the headlights, Lewinsky, telling you fellow citizens, telling you that even though we have all been around and we all can remember the last 24 months of our lives and what these people have done to us and how they have mandated directly from the top what was supposed to happen, they are now telling you that all of the decisions were local. They were all local. It had nothing to do with us. We were just providing guidance, you see. Just guidance. There were no mandates from the federal government. No, no, no. You, you, you misremember. You misremember. They were local decisions. This is gaslighting on another level. This is, <laughs> this is literally looking at the citizens in the face and saying to them, you are so stupid. Something like this. You are literally too stupid to insult. Too stupid to insult. It is unbelievable. And Biden's going to do the same thing. And Fauci is going to do the same thing. And before you know it, you are going to start hearing, wait for it, but it's going to happen. You are going to start hearing, hey, it was up to you to get the shot. Like it it had nothing to do with us. Wait for it. It's going to happen. The day is going to come where somebody is going to say, hey, it was your call, your call. Wait for it, folks, and sit tight, be tight, stay strong, (laughs) try not to completely lose your mustard over what you're going to hear over the next until November. And for the record, this is not due to, oh boy, the science has changed. Oh boy, everything is so different. In fact, what's sort of remarkable is how little has changed over the last two years. The only thing that's really changed is the date on the calendar and the number of cases. Other than that, in terms of spread, uh, masking, social distancing, washing your hands, nothing has changed. It's all the same. All the guidance is the same. It's all the same. We haven't learned anything new. We don't have some magic bullet that we now didn't have before. We've learned a lot more. uh, People that are pushing back against these authoritarian lunatics, we've learned a lot more in terms of how to treat this disease in spite of what they're doing. So that has changed on that side, but nobody in the media talks about that and nobody in government talks about that. So that may as well not even exist. May as well not exist. News today out of uh, Washington, D.C. Inflation has soared, soared under Joe Bite Me. Joe Bite Me has the highest inflation that we have had in 40 years. This guy, he, he is awesome. 
awesome. Hero of the stupid. <laughs> Joe Biden is setting the United States on fire. And we're just sitting back watching. I said this yesterday in a tweet. Where the hell is the Republican Party? He has thrown the southern border wide open. And the Republican Party is where? What are they doing exactly? Mitch McConnell's out there talking about January 6th. What? 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 We need the Republican Party ripped down to the studs and rebuilt. This party has no backbone, does not have the ability to stand up against what clearly, clearly Biden is in dereliction of duty, right? One of his main jobs as president of the United States, not just him, anybody who holds the office, one of their main jobs is to keep the border secure, to keep the homeland secure. He has let 2 million people in to the country in one year, 2 million people. So if he finishes out his four years, if he can survive, Cognitively, I don't know that he can, but if he can survive, we're talking 8 million people. We are talking enough people to fill the city, to the, fill the borough of Manhattan in New York City. 8 million people. And he's just flying them around the country in the middle of the night, putting them on jets, putting them on buses, hiring these uh, private security companies to do all this work clandestinely in the middle of the night, can't tell anybody what's going on. Republicans, you don't think that this is an impeachable offense. This doesn't rise for you to that level? To me, it seems pretty cut and dry, pretty straight. But no, no, they're the Republicans. Mitch McConnell. Like, really? Dude, you're talking about January 6th? You're talking about things that are utterly meaningless to the American people while we're being invaded by illegal aliens. But back to the inflation. Inflation soared past, um, over the past year at its highest rates in four decades, hammering American consumers, wiping out any pay raises, and reinforcing the Federal Reserve's decision to begin raising borrowing rates across the country. Joe, you're killing it. Killing it, Joe. The Labor Department said Thursday that consumer prices jumped 7.5% last month compared with 12 months earlier, the steepest year-over-year increase since February of 1982. Right? February of 1982. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. And what is the media going to do with this? Nothing. Yawn. <laughs> like everything else that goes that goes right past them. Uh, yawn. Yeah, we're being invaded. Yawn. We're going to give out crack pipes now. Yawn. Cities are on fire. Yawn. And think, think about it, right? Think about the things that are actually happening in the country. Think about the things that are happening, right? So this latest thing with the crack pipes. I mean, this is just stupidity. Stupidity. I mean, more stupidity from an administration where we expect stupidity. But it's just, it, it's sort of a slap in the face to the American people. Yeah, you think it's bad now? How about this? We'll give out free crack pipes. So free crack pipes. We've got a wide open southern border, right? We're treating the unvaccinated as though they're, I don't even know, not even citizens. They're, they're not even citizens, right? They, they, they're being taken off the list for donor or organ donor operations, they, they can't, hospitals don't want to treat them. I mean, it's just, it's unbelievable that the civilization that we're living in is descending into chaos, right? We have constant worthless COVID policy with people irritating you and telling you what to do and mask up and get vaccinated and get boosted. And now we need three shots and then it's going to be four. Tr- crime is out of control. New York City, Philadelphia, Chicago, LA, Houston, everywhere out of control. They, the constant fomenting of unrest across the country, constant fomenting, the protection of BLM, the defunding of police, these DAs that are being 
stuck into these positions in cities where they refuse to prosecute criminals, to put them in jail. Everything, everything the administration is doing is designed to divide, to anger, to inflame, to create division between the citizens, right? That, that's what they're doing. They're creating division between the citizens, so we're fighting with each other. We are not the root of the problems. The citizens are not the root of the problems. None of these issues existed 18 months ago. None of them. I mean, the only one that we had were the crime out of control in the cities with BLM because people were afraid to stand up and do the right thing. They were afraid to do that. We shouldn't be angry at each other. We shouldn't. We're citizens of the country. Everybody generally wants to live in peace and harmony. There are 10% of lunatics out there that are always going to want to foment just anger at people at other people. You have to put those people aside. They're mentally ill. Most of the people just want to live in peace. They want to go to work, do their thing, hang out with their family, have a barbecue and a beer on the weekends, and be left alone. That's what they want. But we haven't been left alone in almost two years. These people are, they're immoral. Biden, Walensky, Fauci, immoral. They have no sense of decency whatsoever. Now, all of a sudden, we have states loosening COVID restrictions. Some of the bluest states in the country suddenly are lifting COVID restrictions. And you heard Walensky there in that soundbite. Oh, it was always at the local level. It was never us. This has nothing to do with doing what's right. They don't care about that at all. Right? It hasn't been the suicides. It hasn't been the mental health crisis. Not the struggling families. Not the domestic violence. Not the developmental delays of our children who are going to suffer from this nonsense for years to come. Not the closure of businesses and the wrecking of the economies and cities around the world, destroying people's lives. Not the extreme poverty that they've created. None of that. None of that was the reason that these people finally decided, you know what? I think it's time that we uh, start to roll some of this nonsense back. Now, that would have been the moral decision to make. That would have been the right decision to make based upon the data that's coming in from around the world. But that's not why they made the decision. They made the decision because it's a calendar. And they made the decision because they're looking at the calendar and they know the midterms are coming and they can see the polling and they understand that the American people are sick and tired of this nonsense. They're sick and tired of being told what to do and pushed around. So they back off. But it has nothing to do with doing what's right. Nothing. The midterms are approaching. They want to, they want to stop the red wave headed their way. Right? And you have morons on TV like Lena Wynn, Wolinsky, the governor of New York, saying the science has changed. No, it hasn't. Like I said a minute ago, it's amazing how little the science has changed. Aside from the dropping cases numbers, right? Dropping case numbers are coming down. Deaths are still not coming down as much as they should be, but they're a lagging indicator. But the information, masking, distancing, hand washing, it's literally all the same. There's nothing new here. This is just, they wanted to create chaos. Biden's administration wanted to create chaos. What they've done since day one in office is to create chaos. And they're getting chaos. This is, this is, a, this is right out of the Obama playbook. This is what Obama did too. Flood the zone with chaos. Do as many things as you can do, right? Because what's going to happen? The citizens are either A, they're going to be completely overwhelmed. They're going to be like, you know what? Whoa. They throw up their hands. I don't have enough time to keep up with all this. I'm just trying to keep my head above water. I got to take care of my family. And they disengage. 
which is what which is what the people that are creating the chaos want. They want you to disengage because then you're not watching the store. They can pretty much do whatever they want. The fox is in the hen house. Right? Or the other people who don't disengage are so overwhelmed. If every house on your block is on fire, which one do you put out first? Right now, every house on the block is on fire. There's nothing in the United States that you can point to one year into this disastrous administration. There's not one thing that you can point to and say, that's better. Zero. Zip. Nada. The only people who might say, oh yeah, the things are better for me are one of the two million people who came in illegally, who got free cell phones and free money and got shipped somewhere in the United States. Those are the only people that are saying, yeah, my life is better in the last year. They're not even American citizens. The American citizens in the Biden administration come absolutely last. It is the 180 degree reversal from, from Trump. Trump was make America first, uh, make America great again and America first. Those were the things that he used to say all the time. Biden is literally the opposite of that. The American people can go to hell. You can go to hell. And if you don't like what we're doing, we're going to give you more of it. Yeah, you don't like that? Take this. It's unbelievable. But the, the level of evil here, the level of evil is nothing that I have experienced in my lifetime. To create this sense of hopelessness, this feeling of being utterly alone, we are dealing with evil people and they are out to do away with the system of government that we have had in this country. They want to do away with it. They want to collapse the system. Much of this is being done under the guise of, oh, it's for your safety. Right? We're just, we're just trying to keep you safe. Right? Tyrants throughout history have used the safety of the public as their excuse to do whatever they want to do. I mean, look at Kathy Hochul. Right? Deer in the headlights more on Kathy Hochul. Who should hang out with Lewinsky? Together, they, may, they might have the uh, IQ of a pencil eraser. But look at Kathy Hochul. She, she sees the governors in the states around her are lifting their restrictions on masks. So she decides she's going to lift the restrictions on masks for businesses. Now, now grant, granted, like all, in all of these states, the, the townships, businesses individually, they don't have to do what the, what the governor is saying, right? When the, when the mandate comes in, you absolutely have to wear a mask. But when it goes out, eh, it's up to you. If you want to have people in your store, we'll still wear the mask. They can, you can ask them to wear the mask. But she doesn't take it away for kids in schools. This is just, just, just evil. Like we are, we are damaging our children to the point where we are not going to really understand the depths of that damage, I think, for years to come. For years to come. There's a doctor that I follow on Substack. And he sent out, his name is Dr. Mark McDonald. Mark McDonald. Check out his Substack. It's, uh, I think it's Dissident, dissidentmd.substack.com. But he sent out an email. He's a um, psychiatrist. He sent an, e an email to his, to the uh, folks who are his patients in his practice. And the subject of the email is, I have banned child masking in my practice. And it's a letter, a copy of a letter that he sent out to all of his patients because he understands what's going on here. He understands the damage that we are doing to people. And he writes in here, dear patient, 
Effective immediately, all forms of child abuse will no longer be tolerated in my office, and this includes masking children. Just as I would never tolerate a parent beating on their child or burning him with a cigarette in my presence, I will not condone or allow minors to enter my office with their faces covered. Bravo, doctor. He continues, my first ethical responsibility as a physician is to do no harm to my patients. And allowing children to mask their faces has caused and continues to cause tremendous harm to them physically, emotionally, psychologically, and developmentally. Any argument to the contrary is naive and irrational. Here's a doctor who gets it. Here's a doctor who gets it. Meanwhile, you have Fauci, Lewinsky, the rest of these immoral, soulless, rudderless people that are supposed to be in charge of these quote-unquote health organizations doing more damage to people than COVID ever would have done. His letter continues, Over the past year, referrals to speech and language therapists have increased between 25 and 300%, depending upon the locale. Younger children have suffered a 24% cognitive decline, along with a 22 IQ point loss among infants due to a combination of prolonged isolation, antisocial distancing, universal masking of faces. This is a catastrophe that is man-made and is in due, enti- due entirely to the failings of the adults. So that's about kids, right? That he's not going to allow any kids in his practice with a mask. But then the next paragraph, the last paragraph of this letter, is almost more disturbing. He continues, unfortunately, in my adult patient population, many have developed a fear addiction. I strongly encourage them to remove face masks whenever possible, including when visiting my office, as a necessary first step in overcoming this fear addiction. I am available and happy to provide support to any patient ready to move forward toward health and freedom from fear. Mark McDonald, MD. We're damaging these people badly, folks. People in New York are damaged very, very badly. The New York Post had a piece today. I mean, give me one second where I can find it. The New York Post had a piece today. New Yorkers, the title of it, New Yorkers strongly support COVID vaccine edict as mandates drop. This is a poll that was done. The results of this poll are disturbing. I'd like to say they're really shocking in a way, but I'm not so shocked. I'm a little shocked, but they're disturbing. And it's the reason I don't know that I can ever go back to New York, certainly not in the short term. I think I'm going to, I'm going to get a place down here in Florida because I, I just can't, I can't deal with this. I want to live my life free from people who are cowering in fear. And it's so sad, right? Because New York for the longest time, for the longest time, they had this, this image of like, you know, New Yorkers were like this gritty, tough, you know, they were like these tough people that would like put up with anything, right? Like survived 9-11, like all of this stuff. And like, look at, what, look at what's happening in New York. I heard Carol Markowitz, she's a writer who writes columns for the New York Post. She has kids, she's a lifelong New Yorker, lived in Brooklyn, and she left. She had to take her kids out of school because it was such a disaster with the school system ping-ponging into school, out of school, mask on, mask off. No, keep the mask on. No, we're going back to school. No, we're going to go to Zoom. Like, it was all over the place. The kids don't even know what's happening. 
And she said, you know what? I, I can't do this to my kids. I just want my kids to have a normal upbringing. I just want them to have a normal life. She moved to South Florida. Another woman uh, who's friends with my wife has two kids who are into gymnastics. They had fled to Florida during the height of the pandemic. And then when things started to ease up a little bit in New York City, about, I don't know, eight, eight, eight months or so ago over the summer, uh, they came back and they've, they've left again because they can't live a normal life. You just want to live a normal life and the people in New York won't let you do it. So this piece, right, this, uh, this piece from the Post, 54% of New York residents say that they're angry with the small percentage of residents who have refused to get vaccinated, according to the survey. What are they angry about? The vaccinations do not stop transmission. They do not stop spread. They don't do anything in terms of Omicron. In fact, if you get a booster, you're more likely to get it. You're more likely to get it. What's stunning to me is that people still just get their information from the three or four big networks, ABC, CBS, NBC, CNN, MSNBC, and they don't look any further whatsoever. Like the, the story has changed with Fauci and Lewinsky again and again and again and again. Wouldn't you think at some point you need to start looking on your own for data that like, you're like, wait a minute, this doesn't make any sense. You guys are saying things that is the exact opposite of what you said four weeks ago. But I guess they don't do that. There, there's, there's a lack of intellectual curiosity where they just accept whatever is fed to them via these channels or via the New York Times. So 54% say they're angry. A majority of New York City residents say they agree with COVID-19 vaccine mandates and they're angry with the small minority who won't get the jab. Residents polled by CUNY Graduate School of Public Health said the coronavirus vaccine should be required for people who work in service industries and schools and should be mandated for indoor activities and airplane travel. So they, they just want to continue with the Vax passports. Vax passports have been shown to fail across the globe. But it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. It also doesn't matter who has previous infection. If you've been previously affected, infected, do you need to, to get a, a vaccine? We just had the CDC come out a couple of weeks ago and say that natural infection was better than the vaccine. But people are so fixated on this one point. Get the vaccine. Get the vaccine. Get the vaccine. Yeah, James, Car James Carville come out, former Clinton advisor, and say that he wanted a law put in place where he could punch the vaccinated in the face. Hmm. That's interesting. That sounds like physical threat, right? I want to cause physical harm to you because you don't do what I want you to do. Howard Stern telling the people who won't get vaccinated, you can just go home and die. Just go home and die. More than half of New York respondents, 54% said they're angry with a small percentage, right? We already covered that. Uh, let's see. see but the problem I have with this poll is that, so Hochul says that she's going to drop mask mandates for New York State, right? She's going to drop them. That doesn't affect New York City at all. Not at all. Maybe you can walk around now in New York City without a mask on, but you still need your Vax card. You still need your passport. You can't go anywhere. You can't go into gyms, restaurants, any, anything. You can't do anything. And a poll like this tells Eric Adams he doesn't need to do anything. He doesn't need to change anything. He doesn't need to do a thing. The city can continue to rot. The city can continue to go down the crapper. And with a poll like this, he's like, well... Everybody seems to support it. The piece continues. The poll of 2,500 city adults was taken from January 8th to the 30th. 
Shortly before Governor Kathy Hochul lifted the mask mandate on businesses and New Jersey and Connecticut announced that mask wearing will no longer be required in schools as Omicron wave fades. Then they quote a doctor here. The mask lifting heightens the need to get vaccinated. This is supposed to be a doctor. And he thinks that masking does something. He believed that masking helps in some way. And he believes that the vaccines help against Omicron. This is just dereliction in, in uh, regard to your job, where this doctor just does not keep up with the research papers that are coming out that say the exact opposite of what he, what he is promoting. That's what I mean when I say these people are focused on one little thing, vaccination. Back, get a shot, get a shot, get a shot. We have proof that it doesn't work. doesn't matter. Get a shot. We have proof that it actually, after the booster, gives you negative efficacy. doesn't matter. Get a shot. These people are psychos. It continues, quote, people will want another level of assurance that the people they're sitting next to on the subway or in the theater or who are handing them coffee are vaccinated. The survey found that 69% of respondents believe that individuals must be vaccinated to participate in indoor activities, dining, theater, gym, or to work at schools. That's what I mean. Like, New York City, it's not coming back. Like, if, if this is the mentality in New York City, it's doomed. 90%, it says in here, 90% of New Yorkers say they're fully vaccinated, boosted, or at least have received one dose. So, 9 out of 10 have done what these psychos want them to do. It's not enough. Not enough. But the issue is you would get to 100%. You'd still have cases. In fact, you might have more cases with the boosters. You'd, so you'd still have cases and they still wouldn't be happy. So then you would need a booster. And then you could say, well, what about what's going on in Israel? And they'd be like, doesn't matter. Get a shot. That's what I mean. Like we have crossed over into into loony land. These people are lunatics. Further down in the piece, it says the poll also showed the psychological toll the pandemic has taken on New Yorkers. Many are experiencing financial and mental health stress. More than a third of all respondents, 34%, said they worried their food would run out before they had more money to buy more, up from 29% a year ago. It's up... <laughs> It's up 5% in a year. People who are afraid that they are going to run out of food when they don't have money to buy any. Yet, they're supporting these policies. Why exactly? More than 4 in 10 New Yorkers, 42%, admit to feeling depressed or hopeless. This is what I was talking about in the opening. Where these policies are evil. They are designed to make you feel alone. They are designed to make you feel hopeless. This is why we have had a record number of ODs because these policies are killing people, literally killing people. Another question in the CUNY survey found that 55% of residents have applied for free at-home COVID test kits. What those test kits are supposed to do for them, I have no idea. I have no idea. What is it supposed to, is it supposed to heighten their stress level even more? It's crazy. It's crazy. This stuff needs to end, folks. We need, if we're going to save our society, it needs to stop. And last but not least, let's talk about the Canadian truckers. The Canadian truckers are freaking awesome. They are awesome. These guys, and I, I say it to my wife all the time, it needs to remain completely 
completely no violence. These guys need to be peaceful. They're up there. They're just standing in Ottawa. They're not hitting anyone. They're not breaking anything. If anything, they're cleaning the city. They're feeding the homeless. So these guys are outstanding. Yesterday, they shut down the Ambassador Bridge, and I didn't know this. Canadian truckers, this is from the Wall Street Journal, who opposed the COVID-19 vaccination mandate, and it's much bigger than that, by the way. It's not just the vaccination mandate. Used their rigs on Monday to block the Ambassador Bridge connecting Windsor, Ontario to Detroit, the busiest international land border crossing in North America. The latest act in a week-long show of civil disobedience is more akin to political life in France or the United States. That it's happening in the restrained Canada is a signal to the political class across the West. Large swaths of humanity are done, done with COVID restrictions, mandates, and excessive meddling in their lives. They want to go back to making their own health assessments. The Ambassador Bridge, this is sort of amazing, I didn't know this. The Ambassador Bridge, which carries some $323 million in goods every day. $323 million in goods every day across the border and an estimated $137 billion last year reopened Tuesday morning. Yet truckers continue to protest in Ottawa. There are some provinces now that are saying we're going to drop these vaccine mandates. But you still need a vaccine across the border. That is coming from Trudeau. Still need a vaccine across the border. So why is he so... Why is he so steadfast against even talking to these truckers? And the reason is he can't not have a past across the border. He can't not have it. That's where this entire thing is heading. Remember, we talked about it last week. They have to have a vaccine passport. I pointed out the Common Pass website which is a vaccine passport for every person on the planet who wants to travel anywhere. They want to get everybody into this system so they know where everybody's going. On the Common Pass website, it reads, share your current health status so you can safely return to travel, work, school, and life. The Common Pass is a digital health app that you can use to present proof that you've been vaccinated or tested negative for COVID-19. Again, it's for, your, it's for your own good. We're just trying to protect you. We're just trying to protect you. It's not for your own good, folks. It's so they can, they can create some sort of a, of a massive online database that tracks everybody in the world, that controls where you go, and then if we can move on to some sort of a digital currency, they'll be able to control not only where you go, but what you can buy, how far from your house you can buy it if you have to buy things with your phone. Think about what happened with with GoFundMe and the $10 million that the truckers raised through GoFundMe. If you want to think about what a digital currency could mean for you, so the, the truckers raised $10 million. GoFundMe says, you know what? We're not going to give that to you. We're going to give it to the people we think deserve it. So if I'm using a digital currency and I do something that the central bank deems um, distasteful. They're going to say, yeah, you know what? We think that you should have your, your ability to travel restricted, uh, let's say 10 kilometers from your house. So if you travel 10 kilometers outside of a radius of your house, you can no longer buy anything. You have no money. Think about that. Think about the power that that gives 
the central bankers, if there's a central banking system and a digital currency. China already has it. China has it. And they're rolling out their digital currency this week during the Olympics. They already track people via their phones. If they don't bring their phones with them out of the house, they get spotted via their facial recognition software. Police go up to them, say, you need to go back home and get your phone. And now with the rollout of their digital currency, they're heading for this. They're, they're heading for this social credit score where you'll, they'll be able to say to the citizens, you can, yeah, you can leave a half a mile from your house. But if you go outside of that, sorry, you have no money. You can't do anything. Really, really scary stuff. Uh, but anyway, let's uh, get out of here. What do you say? The weekend's coming up and I'm actually driving back to New York this weekend, back to New York. But before we get out of here, how about we do the woke word of the day? Oh, hi, this is uh, Paul Krugman, your favorite looking loser economist from the New York Times. <laughs> Uh, I'm here to do the woke word of the day because Chad is off. Um, he's at uh, woke training and he asked me to sit in for him. So here I am. The woke word of the day is heteronormativity. Ah, <laughs> heteronormativity. It, it is defined as an oppressive environment induced by most people not being gay. <laughs> ah, thanks for joining me in the woke word of the day. And folks, of course, last but not least, here we go. Hero of the stupid. We choose truth over facts. But uh, um, I might point out you're... Uh, when I went to Dearborn, driving that, uh, you know, uh, was up there. I don't know, man. It, <laughs> it uh, I think the press. There is it. There is it. So much going up, and uh, your new EV factory in. Uh, Go ahead, you stack uh, spaghetti sauce at a store and in, in, in a supermarket. You control the guy or the woman who runs the run, run brings out the carts <laughs> on, 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 on a forklift. What happens? They make you management. There he is, folks. <laughs> Joe Bite Me, a.k.a. Plugs, a.k.a. Biden, a.k.a. He's got vacancy in his head for rent, whatever you want to, whatever you want to call him. I'm sure uh, he'd be happy with any of them. I'm not sure he knows where he is half the time. Thanks for joining me today on The Rich Report, February 10th, 2022. I hope you have a wonderful weekend. I will be back on Tuesday, back from the snowy northeast, or I'll be back up in Connecticut. Please uh, use your phone, that little share button on your phone, and share this podcast with your friends. I'm sure they'd love it. I'm sure they'd love it, don't you? That's why you're listening. <laughs> 35 minutes in, we're still spreading love, still spreading truth, justice, the American way. This podcast will keep you warm at night. Share it with your friends, your enemies, whoever. And if you would, please go give me a rating on one of the stores, five stars, four stars. If you think it's crap, one star, never listen again. But thanks for being here for this one. As always, until next time, let's go, Brandon. And thanks for being here today. 